Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Local Youth Worker, a podcast brought to you by Reformed Youth Ministries. I'm your host, John Parrott. Last week, I was talking to Scott Bird and Sam McDonald. Scott and Sam are back with me. How's it going, guys? Good. Hey, John. Scott hey, Scott. is... Hey, Sam. <laughs> Scott, Scott is in uh, Oxford, Mississippi, serving at Christ Prez. Uh, Sam is in Brookhaven, Mississippi, serving at Faith Prez. Uh, they gave some of their youth ministry experience. Scott's been out in Spokane, Washington, and Chicago. Sam has been in Africa, as well as other places. Um, and last week, we talked about just the idea of outsourcing uh, the discipleship of children to the youth worker. Uh, that, that seems to be fairly common in a lot of our ministry context. I know that's something that a lot of youth workers deal with. And kind of related to that is uh, priorities in the the households um, that I know just speaking from experience, there were times in my own ministry where I had students who wanted to be at certain events or either certain Bible studies, but the parents did not see those things as a priority compared to other things, uh, whether that was extracurriculars, whether that was academics. Uh, there are times, obviously, when those things are priority and those things are important, um, but there are those times too where you have some families that uh, just seem to pull back away from the church almost entirely and worldly things begin to become more of a priority and that puts the youth worker in an awkward position i know there are times for me where uh, you know I, I realized not only was i hired by this church to disciple students but also took vows to disciple students and so taking those seriously um it puts the youth worker in a tough spot of okay how much should we be challenging the parents and um, what, what should that discipleship look like? So uh, those who are listening, that's going to be the focus of our conversation today. We're going to take a quick break, and then I'm going to be back with Sam and Scott to talk about some issues related to that. Hey, everyone. This is Michael Hall, Director of Training at RYM. Before we get to today's podcast, I want to invite you to gather with ministry leaders from across the country at Youth Leader Training 2020. YLT is a great opportunity for you to take time away to receive life-giving refreshment from the gospel build encouraging relationships with other leaders, and grow deeper in your understanding of youth ministry in the local church. YLT is open to anyone with a heart for youth ministry. Men and women, full-time, part-time, parents or volunteers. Registration is now open for both locations, Nashville, Tennessee and Paradise, Pennsylvania. Visit rym.org YLT for more information. Hope to see you there. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. Uh, Scott, Sam, uh, set that up, just talking about priorities a little bit. I guess first, just again, like we did last week, would you just react to that? Have y'all seen that? I mean, Sam, you're a senior pastor now. Um, have you seen that as a senior pastor, Scott, in, in your ministry? Have you seen just uh, some of those priorities to where the church does not seem to pri be prioritized? And you might even have a student who says, look, I want to be at these things more, but my parents just don't make the time for it. Y'all just react to that. Yeah, we've had that um, for sure. I mean, I think every everybody in ministry sees that, um, you know, in my own life. I don't prioritize my time with the Lord um, over sleeping, you know. Um, my, uh, my, yeah, as you were talking about that, you know, I've definitely seen that. My question, too, is I'd like to hear you all um, respond to this. What are what do y'all think are reasonable expectations for students to, to be at? Cause 
I mean, we have probably four or five things during the week that they could be at. And so I don't, I don't really expect them to be at everything. So there's, there's some kind of balance here between, you know, our expectations and their priorities. Scott, I asked the questions on this podcast. Okay. Well, I'm thinking. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, that's a good question. I I mean, I've said this to a few parents in my church that um, the Lord has humbled me significantly as I've had children and now as my children are getting older and now as I have a child in youth ministry of parenting is exhausting. Um, And there's so much activity going on things that they could be involved with. And sometimes church can create busyness uh, that shouldn't necessarily be there, that the church should also strive to, to create rest and peace. And so it's, it's a very complex matter. Um, but I've already talked a lot, Sam, I'll let you respond a little bit and then we'll kind of get on that path. Yeah. I mean, we're now ministering in a climate where a family that attends once a month in their own mind, believes them to be pretty faithful worshipers. Mm. And so if you were picking priorities, it would be as a family being at corporate worship with some fidelity. Um, Everything else is, is of course a beautiful and a bonus and you're going to be more blessed for it, especially when you're spending time, with other students who share the same experiences. But in this current uh, particular cultural moment where um, worship is now just one among many possibilities. In fact, in some sense, and maybe this is cynical, maybe this is the insecurities coming from the front of the room, staring out into the pews. uh, It is, um, it is unnerving to see how low the priority to worship the Lord is. Uh, I've begun to think, hey, as people make the decision to worship based on if there's absolutely nothing else going on. Now, I know that's a, a very cynical uh, response, but that seems to be what you, what you view. So from the pastor's perspective, you look out in the pews, and you see very sporadic and intermittent, but I think in the minds, because they're all so busy that all the activities blur together. So in their mind, if I'm at church 12 times a year, hey, I'm you know pretty faithful, pretty consistent uh, in their own making. So yeah, if I were prioritizing, that would be a family, consider the Lord's day. And uh, if, if you decide you can't be at other things, that's okay. Um, <laughs> please make this a priority. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, we just did a retreat um, like three or four weeks ago with our senior high and the theme of it was rest. And we talked about um, Sabbath rest and um, that was, that was something that kept coming up was there's, there's a lot of pressure for these students to be, you know, doing things that are building their resume or sports or, or whatever. Um, there's they were kind of, it was almost like a, a little bit of a hopelessness um like we can't really stop these things uh on sundays we can't stop and rest we can't worship because we've got to go do this stuff um and it seems like it was coming from their parents 
Yeah, it, it's hard. I mean, Sam, I appreciate you saying, you know, this may be insecurities coming from, you know, the front of the church that um, it's more, you know, insecurities in your own heart. I mean, that's definitely something every, I think, youth worker, pastor struggles with um, uh, to just kind of, you know, look at ourselves and think, okay, is it us? Are we not doing an effective job? Or is it our you know, sermons, our lessons, whatever it is we're doing, we're not, um, you know, gifted enough to be uh, getting people in the, in the church doors, but it is, it is pretty alarming uh, to, to know this doesn't seem to be an isolated case. I mean, as you're, you're looking at statistics of church attendance and decline just across the board denomination. Um, I mean, people are, uh, you know, like you said, what, what a faithful member is today compared to 10, 20 years ago is, is uh, definitely uh, just drastically, different. Um, and so, yeah, there, there's so much. And I mean, this gets into the busyness epidemic that we've talked about a lot and that people are aware of. But um, Scott, I've had those students too, who are just saying how exhausted they are and how they just, you know, want to rest. And so I guess just kind of getting all of this together that, you know, church attendance in decline, families spread out everywhere. There's There's no sense of rest. You have, you know, in this case, the youth worker, and let's just say senior pastor, pastoral staff kind of caught in the middle, how can we graciously uh, challenge our families? How can a youth worker graciously challenge the parents? How, how can a youth worker respond to a student who's saying, I want to be in the church, but you know, we're at all these other things and I'm just exhausted to have had students who say, I don't even want to play this sport anymore, but they're, they're there. So how, how do we respond to all of that? I know that's a lot of rambling and a lot of questions in there, but Scott, Sam, what, what are some thoughts on that? There's there is a there's a value to kind of waiting out the process. Um, those families in their complaints of exhaustion are letting you in on uh, a path that is going to actually present a case for. And this is why the Lord gave us worship and a time to set aside. And so it, it's obvious that. Um, harping on it and uh, showing the statistics and, you know, using uh, articles that talk about suicide clusters in Silicon Valley because of students' busyness and expectation. Those don't seem to do the trick. So it seems to be that we'll just have to be pastorally ready uh, when they come wearied and exhausted and say, we just don't know what to do anymore. Um, we don't know how to get off the merry-go-round and hopefully you'll be there to, to shepherd them into realizing something that information just does not seem to be doing the trick. Yeah, that's good. Um, yeah, I think it, it happens in conversations like that, like, Oh, we're just so tired. And, um, so, okay, what, what would happen if y'all did sports on Sundays and kind of maybe challenge them on that a little bit. Um, once they've admitted that they're exhausted. Another thing I think is, is maybe challenging parents on what their hope is for their kid. What do you, what do you want your kid to be when they're older? Um, you know, is it athletic or is your ultimate hope that they have a good job or what? And then if it's, you know, maybe helping them see that, that it's only the the means of grace and and covenant community that are 
going to make them into um, people who love the Lord and love people. Uh, and hopefully that's their hope is that their child would love God and love the church and love people and um, showing them that, you know, baseball is not going to do that or yeah. whatever it is. If all else fails, I, I'm, I'm at an age now where I'm able to see this dynamic is connecting younger families with older couples who are now empty nesters. And I've seen this almost across the board. The empty nesters have children in their twenties who have quit the church, um, no longer going. And in their mind, they, um, they don't know what went wrong. Um, and I'm not laying blame at them for this person's soul necessarily, but in their collective mind, they thought they were really uh, faithful to the church and creating a habit of valuing worship. But in reality, they were, they were running left and right. You know, if uh, college football was in town, that's where they were. Let's get a condo. If the saints are playing, we're, we're going to go there, you know, and then the kids get older and the parents then, are heartbroken that their children have rejected the faith. And um, they now have a realization that maybe they can share with younger families to say, golly, I wish we would have blank uh, when we, our kids were younger. Hmm. Yeah, no, that's some good perspective. Again, this is a, you know, touchy conversation to have, but it's an important conversation to have. I know this is over a, a podcast. And so it's strange that this just kind of goes out there to whomever, but, you know, as we are, you know, brothers in churches uh, having this discussion, it, it needs to be, yeah, we, we need to, as Christians, be able to at least address this and bring it up. And um, even if we don't have answers to just kind of, uh, you know, get the, get the issue on the table and let's start discussing it and let's start, you know, thinking through it. Um, as I was reflecting on just my time and, in youth ministry, I mean, I can remember various times when I was teaching a lesson where, you know, the topic of, you know, rest or busyness or something would come up to where I, there was a clear application to this. I just saw it by God's grace of, okay, I can impart a biblical worldview to some of these students that is, you know, breaking down some categories or shattering some, some kind of worldview that they have of just having to keep up with this busy pace that, you can have a, a lifestyle that God's kind of established as far as having rest and having, you know, church attendance, church membership, a, as a, a, an important aspect of your life or the most important aspect and priority of, of your life. And so, you know, seeing that and kind of voicing that to, to youth workers as seeing it as an opportunity to, okay, yes, it can be discouraging at times to, to see just, you know, empty chairs out in the, the youth area or in the church pews or, or whatever it is. But, to see as an opportunity if you have young people uh, that are in your youth ministry and you can, by God's grace, impact them to hopefully lead their families in, in different ways. Um, yeah. So Scott, uh, Sam, what, what are some thoughts as we start to wrap this up of just kind of moving forward, maybe some encouragement, some helpful perspective uh, to youth workers, uh, to families, maybe, uh, you know, a word that you would like to say to, to parents who might be listening on kind of where to begin, how could we, this is so countercultural, how could we even, uh, you know, step away from some of the busyness of the culture and prioritize the church? What are some, just some, some thoughts as we end this discussion? Yeah, I was going to say, um, 
that um, the discussion, this particular discussion. So I hope hope people aren't hearing, hey, get to church and life will work out. I, I, it is a rhythm that we're talking about, but it's, it's part of a bigger rhythm. It's a bigger issue than just, you know, making us as ministers feel like we're needed or wanted. Um, it, 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 it's addressed in the, just the busyness and the frenetic pace and what our hearts is driving that as, as Scott alluded to. It's so much, uh, su- such a bigger issue than just, Hey, you need to be at church. But one thing I would encourage, as I've mentioned to you a, a moment ago, is parents, I think, undervalue themselves that the Lord has uh, entrusted to them their precious children. And it's easy in our hyper-professionalized and customer-minded culture to just not even know you're aware of the importance you could play. You want to, you know, turn over um, children to the process of an institution. And it's, it's just more organic than that. And it's more human than that. And um, that's how I would encourage parents is the phenomenal importance and value you bring to uh, the ministry of your child, and you, you just never know that how the smallest and most seemingly insignificant moments actually resonate for the remainder of their life. And I think parents have that own experience themselves if they'll think and reflect back on their own lives and those who played an important role. Yeah. Um, yeah. Parents, your kids are going to have your priorities. Um, so if hmm. the church is, uh, second or third on that list, then when your kids move out of the house, church is going to be second or third on the list. Um, so yeah, what you, what you model for your kids is, is going to be what they probably, you know, walk away with. Yeah. Um, really appreciate you guys just helping talk through some of this and think through uh, this. And, um, I know we'll be concluding our discussion on this next week. Uh, just uh, again, looking more at, um, the issue of partnering with parents and um, really encouragements next week, encouragements to parents of investing in youth ministry. What are some some positive uh, perspectives and uh, ways in which we can encourage parents to, to be a part or, or making a case for uh, families being involved in youth ministry? So Scott, Sam, appreciated the conversation today and look forward to more with you guys next week. Thanks, John. Come and buy without money Oh, come and feast without